Live, episode um, 253. First off, put the camera on me real quick because I got to address the elephant in the room. Uh, this is 90 days of beard growth for me. <laughs> Wait, hold on, y'all ain't supposed to laugh. Wait, hold on, this is why y'all like, this, this is not. This is. I think it's time for me to let nah, it go. What you think, Casey? Dog, look good. It's progress. It's now, this is ninety days. It's this may like at least the bottom. Bro, I'm real stressed out about whatever this strip is right here, man. It does not work. Like I'm looking real crazy right now. Nah, There's people in my man. DMs, like telling me to cut this shit off. Well, they you're not married to them. Exactly. No, what's none of your bills. My my no. wife is saying whatever suits you. Exactly. <laughs> That's a nice me, way. Which, which means cut it off. Which is the politically correct way of I support you which, which, whichever you. way. Yes. Look, um this Thug it out. Man, this is tough right now. This Thug is really tough. Thug it out. I'm ugly as it is. When you, you throw are. this on top of We're it. I'm not going to argue with that. We're not. Uh, yeah, wait, hold on. You a guest, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm not even supposed right, to talk. Right. I'm here, yes. This is episode 253, special episode of The Poor Horseman. Okay? Um, Casey and I are here holding it down. Um, some for sound the, effects. Like, brum, 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 we no. do all that after. That's so in you, post. You, you, That's you in post, professional. He, he tried to take over the podcast. All right, you know what I'm saying? We do add stuff in there. We do it. Not sound effects, but we add stuff in. We don't have that soundboard. We do have the soundboard. We just don't use it. Boom. Doom. We got the full soundboard. We just don't use it. Ain't that a bitch? We need. Drops, I did not know this. We have the we full soundboard. I have not known we had. What do you think? Two fifty three. What do you think? What do you think? Those nine buttons are on there. I thought that was like the camera views. Yeah. No, on that other thing, there's soundboard. This whole episode gonna go off the rails. Yeah, we are. All that stuff does. All start. Okay. So two fifty three. Professional. Professional podcasters here in the building, and we and we have a professional in the building with us as well. Um, y'all may have seen this brother on a variety of things. Mm. Um, I, and I, and I was going to do like a formal introduction. I've seen some interviews that you've done, but since I know you, I don't even feel right doing the full in real like, life. We real yeah, life. I know you're in real life. So I don't feel right doing the full. Oh yeah. Let's turn off the music. Let's turn off the music. You good. You walk on. You, this is a podcast. You good, John. So we, we, um, so Dalen, please introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, camera camera on Dalen real shy. quick. Yep. I'm shy. I'm shy. Like like, I, wait, Casey, does he appear shy, brother? No. So hold on, hold on, wait, move that mic just a little closer. I know you loud, but just a little closer. Uh, five yes. heartbeats, shy brother. <laughs> shy brother, I play shy, shy brother. brother. Actually, you I see do. him over there with you the know. goofy little face. You know, that's, you that's me. I play shy brother. <laughs> please, all day long. camera on, uh, Mr. Golf. Please, please. <laughs> Introduce yourself What's to the audience, sir. Uh, my name is. Dalen. And your camera's that one right here. My camera right here. Yes, and and professional. Yes, podcast. Professional podcast. Yes, this is a professional podcast. Uh, my name is Dalen A. Goff. I am just a kid from Kansas City who went to the University of Oklahoma with Boomer. this guy to my to my right sooner, um, who, you know, um, got to do some cool things in this life in these 45 years. So uh, my current role of what I do and what I'm proud to be a part of is I am the proud president of JET. And usually when I say that, I usually just stop at JET because they'll go, wait, wait, Jet Magazine? And I'll go back and forth on why I do that. But I'm the proud president of Jet. And, you know, never in a million years would I ever believe that I would be heading this iconic brand or bringing this iconic brand back to life, back to relevance. Uh, but I am and I'm here and it's a job that I take very, very serious. But it's also an honor and a privilege and something that, you know, is is, you know, special. 
I know it's special because every time I talk to someone uh, and I tell them what I do for a living, they immediately give me what I call their jet story. No doubt. And because everybody has one, everybody has this wait, relationship hold on, hold on, to the brand. What, what, what's your, what's your, wait, hold on, what's your, what's your jet story? Can't Look, he ready, he ready. What, 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 what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Media of the week. Usually, and, and in most cases, it starts with page forty-three. So I, yeah. I don't even call it. And this is for my partner, but I mean, pay, I you mean, got 43. your page forty-three. Mercy forty-three was like it's always been a part of my life. Apparently, yeah. because that, that that's part of it. So I get to you know figure out the ways to bring this brand back to life and take all the experiences that I've um, had the pleasure of doing up until this point and take little nuggets of all of that in order to be able to pour it into this brand to make it relevant again. So happy to be here. Uh, I had to pull up to Houston for some meetings and some things happening this weekend. So I called my brother and was like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to come on the podcast. I love what y'all doing. I want to be a part of it. I want to be able to have these type of conversations because they're necessary. And I appreciate y'all for allowing me to come in your space. Definitely appreciate that. Straight up. You see, he listens. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> you know we, we, so, so I'll, I'll kick it started because um, I've known. So, Dalen probably graduated. Oh, two, oh, one. When did you graduate? Okay. Uh, uh, ooh, I was there long enough. Came yeah, in we we want to go. We want to go. Add another one. George <laughs> came out oh two. I, I came that December of oh one. Uh, after five and a half glorious years at the University. of I was Oklahoma. in eighth grade. Yeah, and so I got I got I got the OU at ninety nine. I'm gonna go over here and drink. No, no, go ahead, go. You yeah, pour up, open yes, it, go ahead and yep, open it, go ahead. This would happen. So, so I got the you OU at ninety nine. Uh, I'm gonna go coffee gotcha. real quick, and, and I'm gonna and, be over and, there in um, a second. And when he says never in a million years did he think he'd be doing this, I disagree. Dalen always been someone moving the culture and moving the needle forward, even at a place like OU. Now, Casey, you've been on OU's campus several times. <laughs> There's only a group, a small group of us. Yep. Now, back then, we were a little bigger. Yeah, there, there was, was, there was the, the black renaissance of the 90s. 92 to 2002, I think. You know, pre all of this, getting rid of affirmative action, but that's Correct. a whole other story. And, and, and I would say, um, Dalen, uh, if, if he had a party, if he had a party anywhere, you wanted to be there at OU. To the point where we talked about it some, and this will probably be a Patreon segment, but we'll allude to it now. <laughs> I may have met my spouse <laughs> at a party that Dalen had uh, at his house. House party. Oh, that was a great. That was the past of the Bossier party. Oh, man. Now, hold on. We'll, we'll fix you. Hold on. Let's, we'll, we'll do that. You're good. Go yeah. ahead and put that in. Professional. Yeah, professional yes. podcasting. Uh, but, the past the Cavassier party of 2001. Yeah, that, that was about the time um, when... Mm -hmm. When, when all that went down, but but to that point, um, I'll give you some flowers now before we even get into the interview. You was destined for a lot of this, like straight up, because there aren't a lot of people who can build a community. Mm. And from what I've known, you, you've been building a community since I've known you from college. Mm -hmm. The same thing that we're doing here, yeah, you know, valid. building a community, getting people to be engaged with you, not to follow, but build the community, support, yeah. be involved with what you're doing. I think it's perfect aligned with what you're doing now. <laughs> it, the crazy part is the correlation between then and I tell people when they're asking me about, oh, man, how is it? This reminds me of that. Yeah. I tell people all the time, being the president of JET is a direct correlation to being the DJ on the campus of the University of mm. Oklahoma. It, If you break down, uh, 
you know, even just going to a party, if you think about what happens at a party, all right, yeah. I'm the DJ, I'm coming there, they paying me my, what was I making, like $200 a party? I was balling. Uh, yeah, if, <laughs> if that, man, if you know, that, but, that, but yeah, that's crazy. I went up, I yeah. went up in price at yeah. 25. Yeah. Started like 150, 175, got to 200, but you know, you do a couple parties, rent wasn't that yeah, much. it wasn't you that straight. much. Yeah. And so, what I would do though, is you would hire me for a party, a fraternity sorority hired me for, to do the party, and I was on campus, so everybody knew me, you know, yeah. we were in class together. I ain't hard to find. I still ain't hard to find and tr try to make sure I, I'm, I, I maintain a certain level of that. But then you would get to the party and party start out, you know, start at 10 o'clock. Couple people there, the people throwing it and a couple people there early because they trying to get in free or, oh, without you question. know, for the, yeah. for, the, for the low. And without fail, and mind you, this is 99 to the 2000, so keep that in mind. Um... Without fail, someone would come up to the table early in the party. It's like five, ten people there. And they'll be like, hey, man, can you uh, can you play that back that ass up? And I'm like, dude, it's like four people here. This is the <laughs> hottest song out. Why do you want me to play it right now? And I had a whole rule of not playing songs twice. Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to play it. I got, man, I'm telling you, you need to play this because they felt entitled to be able to tell me that because exactly. they didn't pay their $5 to get into the party. Man, that $5 was a lot, though, that back $5 in the day. was a lot, so they feel yeah. a part of it. And yeah. so they felt entitled to come up and tell me because they know me. And I'm like, all right, I got you. So I would have to take that into account. And then you will also have situations of where... People will come, and this is even if the party is jumping, they will come in and, you know, ask me to play a song, and that song is not the right song that I would ever play. I, I use the example, and I, she might kill me on this. Well, I won't even say her name, but uh, there is a Delta from OU who at every party would come up. She would be in there a little bit tipsy and ask me to play If This World Were Mine by Luther Vandross. <laughs> if this world was mine. At a college party. <laughs> at a college party. You were looking for love. Yeah, I was like, yo. And I mean, she'd be like, please, that's my favorite favorite song can you play it I'd be like love basketball yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'd be like no nah, we're not doing that and then there was another situation of where never get this football player came up and this is right when the mystical album dropped and I was playing the first single off of that was shake your ass but well, watch it say you know yeah, yeah. so so that Neptune's that was bumping and he was I like I came in the room with my dick yeah, in my hand yeah I know which is so <laughs> problematic in the, exactly. you know what but, but the songs back there were problematic True, but now, man. of what you know about Mystical, exactly. and he, oh, yeah, yeah, even worse. We got to cancel, brother. But, <laughs> exactly. But so he would come up, and, and, and that was the song I was dropping, and he would be like, nah, dog, there's another song on there you need to drop. It's this song called Danger. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And I would okay. be like, all right, I hear you, I hear you. Then I listened to it, I was like, Danger. Oh, yeah, we're going to throw that in the mix real quick. Yeah. So the way that correlates to where I am right now, because I probably get more suggestions or requests about what I should do for my job now. Oh, everybody telling everybody me what to do. Tell you, oh, you know what you need to do. Yeah. You know what you need to do. So you have, think back to that, those scenarios I gave. You have the right song at the wrong time. The yeah. right song and back that ass up, but I'm not playing this at 10 o'clock with four people here. Yeah. Just for you and your couple friends, just because you want to hear it. Straight up. Also, you have the wrong song at the wrong time and in correlation to suggestions. People give me suggestions. I'd be like, that's never going to happen. We're not going to do that whatsoever. doesn't make any sense. Or you have the right song at the right time. So I have to be able to listen to all those things yeah. and keep 
that that um, that line of communication open from the community that I'm serving because a great idea can come from anywhere. But two things gonna happen. If it goes right, I'm going to get the credit for it. If it goes wrong, I'm going to get the blame for it. So it can be your idea. And if it goes wrong, I get fired or we lose money or we go bankrupt. I have to make the right decision in the same way as if I play the wrong song at the party, Whole dance for a leave, boo, DJ's motherfucker. You're gonna be like Martin uh, on the house party. All that. You don't you don't want that part yeah. of it because yeah. I'm in control of the vibe. I wanna make sure it's building that community. Everybody is emotionally invested in it. And I wanna make sure it's the best time that people have. So no you have the fond memories that you have and be like, man, that party was jumping and whatnot. But if it goes wrong, I'm the only one that gonna get fired and I'm not gonna get hired for the next party. Straight and up. I wanna pay my rent. But also, at the same time, I dropped that, no matter what happened, whenever I played that back that ass up, oh, that we, person yeah. that told me at 10 o'clock, they was like, that, that was me. Yeah. I told him to play that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. sure, They dog. took the credit for it. They no one you was going to play it anyway. But they, yeah. had to, they felt the need in order to be able to do that. So it's been able to take all that and be comfortable and confident enough with the experiences that I had to be able to be put the things in place at the time they need to be put into place for the community and the culture that truly loves us and wants to be a part of what we do in the future. Now that whole metaphor, mm-hmm. com- comparing your DJ to the, the party goer suggestions, mm-hmm. bad suggestions to your job now yeah. was so smooth. <laughs> and I feel like a nice part of that comes from the smooth, the smoothness, the smooth tequila from mm-hmm. Grand Cormino. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That is smooth. I appreciate branding yes, and marketing, sir. of yes, course. Man, All right, man. Grand Cormino. All right, yes. so, let, let, so let's let's talk through Cheers, a few brother. things. Let's talk through a few. I even got a cup. I have. I had to get one. Man, I'm gonna get one. But we gonna work on it. We gonna work on it. You got me. But it's got ice in it though. You know, y'all over here with ice and stuff. You know, I'm a I'm a man. You know, I just I just drink my I, I just your drink it out the bottle. Your, your collar is exactly. all the way up. What to you the mean? Top. This is the style. It's, I've been wearing my shirts like this is not about I'm a man, but his beard won't connect. Uh, okay, so you go, oh, you how you gonna come jump? Wait, how you gonna You ain't even allowed to jump. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm professional. Professional podcast. Oh, now I'm talking. He's known me since I was 17, though. So that's the thing. Like, come on, man. So so let's kind of talk about mm-hmm. what happened since college. Yes. So um, from college, you I know you've done a variety of things. At one point, I think I had read somewhere, and this was crazy because it's kind of similar to me, that you may have had like 10 different jobs, no, 10 different places. five more. 15? 15 different places I've worked okay. in the last 20 years. So wow. different jobs. Now, I've, I've had industries like no, Well, somewhat I shifted, but literally I've worked at 15 different companies in the 20 years since I graduated college, 20 and some change. Okay, so yep. let what I think Aldi, that, and that's why yes. I, I was hoping we have a, a friend, oh, a, a real yes. good friend we of the, hey, If he would have mm-hmm. been here, we could have talked through this, but y'all worked at Aldi. Yes. Getting out of Aldi was giving people bread, bro. Like, oh, they was giving good bread. You could have got like rich. 60 bands. No, $62,500 a company car and a cell phone. <laughs> And they paid your insurance and put gas in the car, paid the insurance. And they was moving people. $62,500 Like, you could go to, like, Dallas. I was balling. Where did you move? Because they had people in Dallas. Okay, so he went to Charlotte. Charlotte. 
they had people a little bit everywhere. So so tell us about from Aldi, like what did you pick up there? And then we'll talk about how oh, you yeah. got into marketing. Well, so crazy part about Aldi, yes, that that taught me some very, very, very key lessons. Um, and early on, and I'm so glad that it did. So uh, when I got hired at Aldi, we they came down to OU and they had a, a vice president that was big on DE&I way back then. He looked around his organization and saw that a lot of Aldi stores were in, you know, black and Hispanic markets, but the district managers that were running yeah, them straight up. didn't look like that. And so he made a concerted effort. It was a white dude that was like, nah, I'm a hire, I'm a I'm a hire these black kids and these high achieving black kids and Hispanic kids to be able to come in here and help change the culture here and also make a representation of the people that are shopping in our stores. And I appreciate the fact that he did that. Now I got there and whoo, they worked my ass off. You know, I was like, ooh, sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars, you know, in two thousand one. Yeah, out the gate. Out the gate, no like gas, I, no get, no car note, no. You don't have, you ain't even have to. I, they would pay to wash the car. Yeah, and so you know, Aldi and Ferguson. Like, see, people don't remember these names, but if you had a business degree or. Mm-hmm. Aldi and Ferguson were two places that was paying people like sixty bands straight out of college mm. with no experience. Like, yeah. just show up, just show we'll up, give you a job. We would train you, and so what yep. they did is they were the training program was intense, was so intense. I went in there and uh, they got every single dollar out of my ass. Um, I was averaging 80 hours a week was a, was a light week. Shit. That was a light week. Um, you you had to work in the stores. I mean, you had to learn every single thing all the way down to, you know, stocking the 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 freezer and the ice cream freezer. You had to put on this big coat to be able to kind of do those like because um, it was only like in the Aldi store, there's only three to four people that work there in the entire store. That's why they can pay you so much money because I never realized that. Oh, yeah. It's only like three to four people. It like, is lean. Yeah, it's lean. It's super I kn- lean. I, I knew that. Why? Why did like, you know that? Because he used to steal from there. Nah. You got to talk about it. You like, oh, ain't nobody watching. You got to go. See, see no. you want to see it. Nah, it, was, it, it wasn't like, like... It was like, let me see. Nah, it wasn't okay. like that. So, just like I'm you... No, no, just like you, in college, Aldi was very important in my life. <laughs> That's how I met him. I mean, good. Me and his yeah. brother uh, played on the same yeah. team, mm. and we lived together. But we was all broke. And mm-hmm. then, mind you, I got like a, a you know, a toddler son. Mm-hmm. So I got to feed the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, ironically, one of my uh, teammates worked at Aldi's. Oh. Wow. So, <laughs> what we do, I literally go in there, pay that quarter to get yep, that, that, get that uh, cart. cart, load up the entire cart. I remember I got probably $400 worth of food oh. and a skillet. And it was $42.38. You need to go to prison. Why are you still and, and, nah, and, and, $400 at Aldi You literally might have had Two or three carts I, I, I had what? everything From like The bottom of the cart All the way up And then I put a skillet On top of it And <laughs> Literally got that old, And he was He was just like Skipping stuff yeah. over Because you got the camera Different point Lost of it. prevention oh, oh, $42 yeah, At the door Statues of limitation boy. My boy good now that But $42 When they was doing that cents. inventory Because we just had to go Do the inventory And know Ooh How much turn we have Good God almighty Yeah But, but you're right but but <laughs> That was my those, welfare check Like no lie I mean Those lessons though In understanding branding I pull things from Every yeah. single one of my jobs yeah. And especially that So what I learned In doing that job For one is never take 
a job just for the money. Straight up. If you're doing it just for the money, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I took that job and did it because that check was big, mm. you know, relatively speaking at that yeah, point. Yeah, at that time. time, yeah. I mean, it's big now. Like, let's just be real. And so, you know, but it was like they got every dollar out of my ass. And, you know, I was 80 hours. I'll never forget one day. This was kind of the, the kind of breaking point. I wanted to go to a family reunion. And that summer, I had missed so many friends' weddings because I had to work. I had to work. Um, this is post-college, so you had that first wave of Early people, people getting, getting married. married. Yeah. And I missed all of them because I had to work. But I wanted to go to a family reunion in D.C. Uh, that my mom and I were going up. And um, in order to go there, I ended up having to work a 21-hour shift. What? I went in at 4 a.m. Nah, bro, that is crazy. And left at 1 a.m. because the German board was in the district. They were yeah. visiting another store. Yeah. And my store was on the way to the airport. So there was a possibility that they could stop in. That they may stop in. So I needed to make sure that place was spick and span fully. Mm -hmm. I had somebody quit that week. It was just a crazy, and I literally was there 21 hours. I was so delirious walking out of that place, and that was the only way I was able to take one day off Damn. to go up to D.C. Because was, I was able to take a Saturday off, go to D.C., see my family that day, and then head back home on Sunday because I had to be in there on Monday. And Brothers Like sure Hip was, was uh, getting y'all for $400 $400 groceries. on that end. <laughs> Shit, I gotta eat. <laughs> I gotta eat. But, but that part of it, the way they ran it from an efficiency yeah, standpoint, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I pulled a lot of things. Like I can still walk in the Aldi store, and I haven't worked there in 20 years, and I can walk in the store, and I can tell you everything that's wrong in the store. Wow. I literally Wow. can say, all right, this is out of place. That sign doesn't match this. This, they need to pull this shelf. This produce, this is out of date. And it's almost like you, it's like pledging. Like yeah. you immediately hey. go right back into that. And I'd be like, I don't work. And I want to be like, excuse me, uh, let me tell you just yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah, but I'd be yeah. like, that's not my job. That's not what I do. But it also trained me in a way to be able to look at and pay attention to details yeah. and making sure things are where they need to be. And then also from a branding and product standpoint, an Audi location only has like 700 items, which seems like a lot, mm. but a regular grocery store might oh, have 10,000. Thousands, yeah. Thousands, but the way they did it, they would put Aldi stores near another grocery store, but they would charge you such less price and they do all private labels. Yep. So it's like mustard. You're going to go get the mustard, but they only going to give you one size. I don't need to get you four different yeah. brands, four different yeah. sizes. You're going to say, this mustard costs a dollar. I'm going to just go buy this particular mustard. So you will go buy all your staples from wait, them. Wait, save wait, Save money. Go wait. ahead. You was getting the, the private label stuff. You got $400 worth oh, of private label that's stuff? That's why I said that he had. That, he he had. was stealing for real. Had, like, like, hold on, hold $400 on. $400 worth? He was. Yo, yo. Like, put the camera on him, bro. I was not stealing. Look, I was robbing the It's hood. the hookup. I was getting hooked up. Well, that's not stealing. It wasn't like I was wearing a trench coat. But no, <laughs> putting salami in my pockets. My mom says this sometime, and I, um, I'm sorry if my mom ever sees this. She says, I don't steal, but if somebody hooked me up, oh, that well, ain't well, yeah. that's exactly. on them. That's, that's on them. The hookup the hook hook is for I was getting hooked up. <laughs> we had a guy, we had a guy, statue of limitations. Oh, we had a guy in college named Cable Ray. 
Cable Ray, boy. So you name him. No, no, no. Well, no that's his name. That's Cable his name. Ray. We don't know his real name. He, but he was Cable Ray. But he was Ray. Cable Ray. <laughs> Cable Ray, <laughs> he would come the whole... <laughs> I don't know this cat name. Nobody, nobody knew his name. You just knew Cable Ray. Nobody the whole apartment his... complex, bro. He hooked everybody, hooked everybody Cable up. All you have to do is just give him a little bread. It was like 30 bucks. Hey, man. Cable Ray. He hooked up everybody's cable. for the semester. Dude, we had a cat. I'll never forget, though. Uh... One of the football players, and he ended up, I was so glad he made it to the NFL because he always said, hey, man, I don't, this book stuff, I don't do this. I got to make it to the league because I ain't going to make it. But he got kicked out of Yorkshire because he had Cable Ray hooked him up, right? I think but I then, know what you're talking about. But then he, uh, great, probably one of the yeah, best athletes I've ever seen about. in my life. Yes. Um, but he was trying, he wanted to see, like, the fight. No, no, he no, wanted he to, to see pay-per-view. like pay per view, so he called the company <laughs> and tried to order pay per view, and they like, you ain't got pay per view, like you, you don't cable. got cable. Why are you? He's like, yeah, I do. I'm watching it, and so yeah, he, he, he deserved up, that. He deserved it. He got kicked but he made out it to the league. To to, he, made he made it to the league. I am so proud so, the fact that he did that. Ironically, I got a cable story. <laughs> I had got hooked up in college at UCO mm-hmm. the semester I was there. My partner, who I will not name, but it was also from here. You will know him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, okay. I let him stay in my room. This dude decides to order like $65 worth of porn. <laughs> this is back when you actually had kids. Yeah, you, had to you actually you had, had to, to do that. You couldn't no, don't understand. it on your this phone, was, but yeah. You could get it on your phone. Like, <laughs> Nah, could, not the same, though. Bro, you could have got on. I know. He had. You could have got <laughs> on the phone. But he decided he wanted, <laughs> he decided he wanted to, it on the big screen. He wanted it yeah. on the Hashitashi 2000. And then when I <laughs> when I got the notice that I was getting, you know, in trouble for it, I was just like, bro, why? Like, we the fault. Why you just didn't use your phone? He paid me for it, but I was, why you just didn't use your phone like a normal human? He wanted the Hashitashi. He, well, yeah, he wanted that. They want he that widescreen experience, bro. Like, like, Jenna Jameson in three, three. Oh, what, what was man. It? At that time, it wasn't even four K. It wasn't four K. He was six forty p. He yeah. wasn't okay. All right, so so Yo. let's talk about how you got into to marketing then, because yes. that you know from going from there. Marketing and I'll and I'll tell a funny story. And I think I had hit you when I saw this. Um, I was watching some interview with Anthony Anderson. Mm-hmm. All right. And Anthony Anderson, he points to the crowd and he was like, No, no, no. This is the person who uh this character is after. And I was like, hold on. I I'm still waiting for that check. And, and I and I saw and, and and so I see, and I man, I, I recognize him, but they ain't said his name yet. So like, it's no way it's him. And he's like, no, Daly, get up here right now. Wow. And he in there that dude. interviewing with Anthony Anderson about how his character is blackish. He's the blackish character. So you wear all the de- designer stuff? No, nah, once again, I, I, <laughs> I see your sneakers. Checks were the same. I told, boy. Your sneakers, though. So, so, I, so were you the, the actual urban uh, <laughs> department of a, a marketing firm? Technically, yes. So <laughs> that whole story kind of came out, which I'm still, I'm happy for it, but I also still mad at him for that day because he really the question that she asked he didn't know the answer it just put you on the spot and he put me on the spot because he he's an actor of course and so but people when they see a character that people play they automatically correlate that that's a real thing versus it being a script but that makes a great actor no doubt doubt. and he is a great actor so we were doing an execution in uh new york for state farm and so anthony and i when we first met it was state farm um 
had me bring him down to Essence Music Festival okay. one year. And we just got cool there. It was like... That's when know, he was doing Golf in America days. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm just cool with people. But normally, I don't talk to talent like that. I'm cool with talent. Meaning, you know, celebrities, but I really get cool with the management because yeah. celebrities can be fickle. I don't okay. really like I, I'm a little like, all right, man, I'm not about to be. Yeah. I'm a little arrogant in my own part, so I don't feel like I need to try to juice somebody else because everybody else going to do that. But yeah. this particular weekend, he was like, nah, Dalen, we, we friends in real life. Like, And I was like, all right, cool, dude. Hey, man, no, nah, no, nah, man, like, take my number. You know, and I was like, all right, cool. The next day, like 4th of July, I'm back home in Dallas on the grill. He texted me, happy 4th of July, playboy. I'm like, <laughs> uh, happy 4th of July, too. Like, who does this or whatnot? But then we just kept communicating because... Brother, one, what do you mean, 4th of July? 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, like, Juneteenth. Juneteenth. That's like, but so what happened was when we start talking when we first met, <clears throat> He's like, so Dalen, what you do? I was like, I'm director of multicultural marketing for uh, my agency, my old agency, the marketing arm. And so I handled multicultural marketing for um, brands like AT&T and State Farm and Frito-Lay and American Airlines, some major, major uh, blue chip brands, a lot of them based in Dallas. But I was director of multicultural. So I was in charge of African-American, Asian, Hispanic, LGBTQIA plus 2A. 2S, I yeah, think. you had it's everything. A of, yeah, it's a lot everything. of, you know, back then it was just LGBTQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I was in charge of, you know, when they were running marketing programs and things that were going that were targeted toward these diverse markets, they would come to me and be like, all right, how do we talk to this audience in a very authentic way? And I'll give them credit for at least asking that question. And this is 2012. So yeah. this is pre-George Floyd before it was the it thing to do. And so in a lot of times I was also advocating for these audience is saying, yo, what happens in black culture happens in pop culture after it happens in black culture and we done Straight with up. it. So you might want to jump on it here so therefore you can be able to activate on it later. I mean, we were doing things like I put Drake on an AT&T tour. AT&T was sponsoring some stuff when he dropped his first mixtape. Like we like was so one of the far first brands. Days or? Yeah, that, that first one. Wow. Like before it really pop popped wow but it was bubbling in our culture and so we Which built one was that the some season uh when it got the trench coat on this was this was the first like the first first mixtape the first, mix the first wow. mix so far so this yeah, was before, before he that. was even drake he was before he was even drake yeah. drake yeah, yeah, but yeah. we were kind of leaning into that and i think when he did so far gone we were like before that dropped gotcha. we were already kind of in and tapping into it we started a black history month program called at&t 28 days which now has morphed into their dreaming black program and so we had kind of this early adopter type situation and so there was parallels to what was happening yeah. on Blackish. Now, Blackish is not based on my life. But when I met Anthony, we started talking. He's like, dude, that's literally what we do. And so he would ask me questions like, all right, so when you there, like, what would happen? I was like, oh, no, this really happened. Let yeah, me tell you about yeah, yeah, yeah. this microaggression. Let me talk about, you know, this person who, you know, basically told our clients that Dalen is only here because he's black type situation. Like, these things really did happen. So yeah. some of these parts that you see, like, Yep, I've had to deal with that. I've had to go through that. Yeah. And so when that particular interview happened, I just so happened to be there. It I was had funny, up too. There. It was. And I'm over in the back <laughs> I know, on that's my a, phone. In, in the like, cup. I'm working. Like, yo, let me check this and he email. And at him. Got it in <laughs> and she asked him about microaggressions at work in the advertising. And he's like, I'm an actor. I don't really do this, but... 
My boy Dalen, yeah, <laughs> he did. He actually is the Dre from Blackish in real life. He yeah. has to do these things, advocating for our community, making sure that these brands don't make missteps, missteps, but also are tapping into the things that really, really are pushing the culture. And and he was just like, yeah, I don't know, but come up here, Dalen, yeah, yeah. come on, I was yeah. like, this, okay, <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? But and it almost kind of, but but you did it well though. Oh, I am a professional. Yeah, that's now. what I was saying. Professional like, podcasting. Don't, don't give of me course. no microphone phone and expect me not to rock like yeah because yeah. i was i had DJ an experience from up. djing exactly like yeah. i'm good in front of a crowd no i'm good in being able to have straight up conversation as long as the microphone is there i'm 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 straight and so that's kind of where that correlated and it was a cool clip and whatnot it was, but, uh, yeah. i mean you, most you know. people man you can't uh, you i know you're being humble about it but no, there's very few people that can say Anthony Anderson called me up <laughs> during an interview that he was having to talk about what my experience is yeah. in my profession. Yeah. I thank you for that. Yeah, that dude is a... I mean... That's my boy, but he yeah, he texted me the other day. He, he in South Africa. When we gonna drop my... my Because my, him and said their entertainer have a barbecue line. Okay. And so he's like, man, we need to get that. We need to get that part of Jet. We need this. And I'm like, you in South Africa, dog. Enjoy <laughs> South Africa. Like, you good? You know, all right, but just... I mean, we've developed a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, we cuss each other out on a regular basis. That's, and that's I, what you need. My, my, my wife be like, do y'all even like each other? I'll be like, we Oh, fine. y'all definitely like each other. <laughs> We, we cuss each other that's out all the time. Yeah, that's what we do. But also, that's they don't do. understand they don't, that. They do we not can, get it. They do oh, not yeah, understand. Oh, yeah, we cuss each other out and be like, all right, so you want to go grab a drink? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's go. That's how let's I go. go. So, now, now we ain't stop. My oh, wife my saw you oh, put me in a chokehold. Yeah, facts. Facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kate, you see, if Casey was here, he'd be able to tell a story where I held him over um, in Lloyd Noble Center. I held him over oh, a... Like red? Yeah. Yeah. In my office hours? My yes. office hours off. Yeah, he, <laughs> nine ask him. Did this he is, say nine to five? We had beef. Ooh, I, ooh, you can't tell me stuff like this. No, I knew I was strong enough to hold him. Now, if, I, if I'd have slipped, that's is, on him. This is before plans and after. This was right after. Right after. Oh yeah, because then you had. I, I did the, that to my. Was um, what's the movie? Um, the best man out yet. <laughs> You just saw the best man. He just saw, you do kind of look like him too. No, yeah. I don't. What are you talking about? He know? just saw the best he man. He just saw the best man. Like, oh, I can do that. Like, <laughs> I can do that. Right, and somebody was up on the basketball court. That fool about to fall. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely was holding him over though. It, it was during stomp down. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah, it was during stomp down. That's it, wild. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, but, but okay. Let's talk. So yes, Casey may not know this, but you remember when D Nice took over? Dude, you um, bring it up. Honestly. We got to talk about it. This is okay. what people want to hear before this we. Is, and this we is talk your about, life. And then we're gonna talk about Jet. We got a couple okay. more things that we're gonna talk about Jet. So you remember during COVID, D Nice started doing those um, live streams on um, Instagram. Club yes. quarantine. Club mm -hmm. quarantine. Yes. Guess who was responsible for that? I was not fully responsible yes, what for you, that. Bro, Wing Stop was a, in every a part. I was a part of that. I was you. Oh, I was a part of it. Wow. Bro, You're right. But I wouldn't respond. D Nice was doing his thing. I was a small part of that. And you were more than a small part. Would you say, hey, brother, you probably need some wings back there? <laughs> well, I did. I sent them to him. Wow. Like, because he wasn't. So the story of Club Quarantine was when it first started off, he actually didn't even call it Club Quarantine. He was calling it um, something school, something, I forget, 
school break. I forget the name that he had kind of came up with it. It morphed into club quarantine because everybody just started calling it no, that. that. But what started was he just started DJing for the sake of his own kind of yeah. mental health. Yeah. And also to be able to share some love with everybody else because this was that first week of COVID. And a lot of people don't realize that first week of COVID – a lot of entertainers and um, DJs and musicians and all of them found out what the words force majeure in their contract really meant. So I've done a bunch of contracts with different people, and there's always a clause that says force majeure, which basically said in any act of God, you this is totally paid. canceled and you don't get paid. Yep. And wow. that COVID was what was considered. That's, that's it. An act yeah. of God, and it was like canceled, canceled, no deposit, take this. Like everybody was sending deposits back. So a lot of entertainers who had their years set up, oh man, I get I'm doing all-star game, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, oh, the summertime, Memorial Day, I got my money for Fourth of July. Day. All that hosting was pretty much like, nah, we're putting all that on hold. We're sending your money back type situation. So a lot of entertainers, they were depressed. He was about to go on his first tour as the opener for Jill Scott. Damn. He was so happy. Damn. Like, yo, man, I'm going. I'm about to open up for Jill Scott. I'm going to do my first tour. I love Jill Scott, I'm about to too. make this, this happen. And then everything started canceling. And so that week, people just didn't know what to do. And so he started going online DJing. And so those first couple of days, it was all of... Like our, we have a cool little friend group of, you know, people follow each other, but also know each other in real life. And so he started DJing and everybody started taking whatever they did or whatever way they can help to be able to add to it. Yeah. So he was providing the music. And so the boys was like, yo, people ain't eating. D's not eating, man. Like he drinking wine, but he ain't eating. So I'm like, well, I run the marketing for Wingstop. I'm running some programs. I got a budget. I literally have a influencer budget. We had just launched Nationwide Delivery. Mm. And so I was like, I'm going to send them some food. Yeah. What's these address? All right. Boom. I had it so down packed that when I would send him food, the concierge at his building would call my phone number. Damn. And I would be like, he'd be like, all right, Mr. Uh, Derek, what, what you, you know, uh, I have a delivery. I'd be like, go ahead and send it up. Yeah. Boom. And I would literally see him get the knock on the door and he would walk away, go grab the food and put it down and then start DJing again. So that's how it started. But I also was running a campaign called This is an Ad for Wingstop, where we had launched this merch campaign where we were paying people $25 in order to wear a Wingstop sweatshirt. We gave away a thousand sweatshirts and we were like, everybody can be an influencer. You order the sweatshirt, you can rock it, you post a picture on Instagram, use this hashtag, we will send you $25. That's such a great idea. On that end. It was. That is a great idea. It was a great idea. Yeah. That, but it, but then COVID happened. So I had people and I had influencers that I paid more than $25. I had Tua Tagovailoa. He wore one. Okay. Um, who, what's his name? Um, uh, Von Miller wore one. So I was mm. calling in different people to be able to say, all right, hey, I got a check. You want this? Boom. I saw what was happening on Club Quarantine. I was like, I got a budget over here. Saying that, you know what? D. I basically, I knew what his rate was. I doubled what his rate was. So you showed love, and said, too. And showed love. Because yeah. I was also, I'm, I got a budget. This is something that's happening. Let me tap in. It's good for me professionally to be able to do my job, but also putting some money into the pockets of some cats that might not get a check 
for the next few months. And he had just moved to L.A., all of the other stuff. So I also was showing love to my people because it was like, hey, you do this well. I'll take care of you. I did that with, with DJ Jazzy Jeff. We did a whole thing with him. Kenny Burns did it. Like, I was trying to spread the wealth. It helps me out, also helps them. But D says when he got that call and I sent him the shirt, that was the moment he knew club quarantine was valuable. Nice. And he made the decision to say, man, I have something. Because if my boy That's what's just up. sent me, he knows what my rate is. He yeah. doubled my rate. So that means this might be something. And this is probably like Wednesday, Thursday. And then everything started taking off Thursday. And then Friday. And then Michelle Obama. When, when Obama in. got on, then it, it was crazy. Just, yeah, it yeah, went it to went this crazy. whole kind of crazy situation. Yeah. But I was able to have a little bit of that. I call it cultural clairvoyance of seeing where something is about to pop. And I'm like, hey, dog, do this. And so um, the other couple of weeks ago, I was at an event, um, the the Cannes Festival of Creativity, which is yeah. a real big marketing advertising event that happens over in the south of France. So I'm there and I walk in to an event and D-Nice is on on stage with Alicia Butterfield, uh, who's from Google and has done a, done a bunch of stuff. And he sees me, but I don't know he sees me. I'm just chilling, you know, because I don't even, even the people I know know, I don't expect them to even yeah. still remember me. I hadn't seen him in a while or whatnot. I, I knew we would talk no after, doubt. but yeah. it was like, I don't really, I was chilling in the back. And then he starts telling the Wingstop story. Of course. He's just like, I'm going to tell you when I knew Club quarantine was valuable. Hmm. It was when my boy offered me this to wear a chicken restaurant shirt. He's <laughs> like, I couldn't do it, but I'm glad I didn't. But that was the moment he knew. And then after that, I made him record that. Cause I was like, of course. I need yeah, you this kind that. yeah, of need that. That's a testimony. Yeah. But that's kind of my small part of club quarantine is letting him understand and know his value. Because it was a situation of where he could have went the direction from a brand perspective and wore the shirt and what and he still probably would have been perfectly fine. But in not doing that, it made his numbers go that much higher. And it also allowed him to pick and choose what who he, he wanted to with. do and exactly. who he works with and for what price point. And I'm yeah. super proud of what he's been able to do. And, you know, also my little bit of part in there okay. is, is actually a cool little story to be able to share on, you know, the poor horseman. No doubt. Nice. Nice. Okay. So a couple quick <laughs> things before we go yes. to Jet. And then we got a few topics and we do a quick Patreon. We'll talk some OU stuff because okay. people don't believe a lot of stuff that I talk about OU. <laughs> OU yeah, I'm, I'm the only person here oh, other than Casey who's been in Oklahoma a lot. Oh, we so, had a great we, time. I got ass in Oklahoma too. But that's Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> OU was good. Though. It was good. It was, it was great. It was actually. great. It was right, great. Couple quick <laughs> <laughs> you ain't even like you ain't You're an Oklahoma Christian. We gonna get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oklahoma was great. It was great. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. Like, uh, but either way, so two quick things. Um, you did Zoom in with the homies. Yeah. During COVID, also, you started working with the group out of California. Yes. How was that experience? And then also, the last thing I want to talk about is just you, your introduction to the Bridgman family, and mm -hmm. that'll lead us to where you are now with Jet. Perfect. So. Perfect. Not a problem. <laughs> so, Zoom in with the homies came organically. Um, Tahir Moore uh, made a post on his uh, social media's Instagram page talking about uh, whoever running the Wingstop account got to be black. 
because yeah. we did a little, you know, just stuff on there, and we we tapped into the culture. And so what happened when I left as the director of multicultural marketing for TMA, um, I got hired away by Wingstop to be their director of marketing. And I was able to kind of, uh, not necessarily shift, but be able to harness the cultural credibility that Wingstop yeah. had, had uh, gotten from the association with Rick Ross, and then to be able to take that to the next level. Because uh, when I walked in the door, I was like, oh, yeah, they don't know what they don't know. Like, y'all, oh, man, I thought y'all was cooler than y'all are. Okay, say less. I got this. And so I was able to do some cool things. I, I, The relationship with Rick Ross was fractured when I walked in the door. Oh, wow. My number one thing, I was like, I got to make this. I literally ran up on Ross at Sirius XM Studios like, yo, we need to talk. Like, let's figure this out. Give me all your gripes, all the stuff that you have. And this is what I need to do because we got to make sure that this is right. And for the future forward. And I was able to, to, to fix that. Yeah. The lemon um, peppers. Yes, absolutely. You pulled and one so, of those you want to drop. You pulled up on about the radio station. I literally, in, in so many words, yeah, you literally pulled up. was doing an interview. I had a connection there. I used and leveraged some of the stuff that I had. And I pulled up and was like, yo. Dalen yeah. from Wingside, let's talk. I had my CMO at the time yeah. and the chief people officer, and I was like, they up in there, like, they both black, but they was like, what, what we doing? I was like, But you're good, used dog. to that, though. I'm used to it. Yeah. It's the comfort level yeah. of, you know, working with talent, being able to have that conversation. And so we were able to kind of fix that. And so um, the the tying back in with the Zooming with the homies is he posted about that. And, of course, people who know me start tagging me, like, Dalen, Dan. And I'm like, what is this? So I reached out to him, like, yeah, I'm black. <laughs> I don't type. Hi. But I'm in charge of making sure. I'm a black. That I'm a black. I'm a black. My squad black. We out here. We understood. And so we, you know, start talking, got cool. And he was like, yo. Can you come on my Zooming with the homies? And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm not a comedian. He's like, nah, you was dope on there, though. But but part of it was, and he says this, too. He's like, you know how to tap in and tap out. You're not one of them where you got to hear yourself talk. Hey, man, hey, hey, how y'all doing? I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to interject when I got something to say. Allow me to intercept. Yep. And then I throw it right back. (laughs) And I'm cool, just happy to be here because I'm fans of comedy of those guys and what they've been able to do. So I was able to share some wealth, slide them a couple dollars, some money to be a part of it. Let me sponsor it. Let's kind of blow and grow organically. And I'm still tight with them guys to this day. Tahir will call me and just be like, like, hey, man, I ain't heard from you in a while. You know we friends in real life. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to know you good. I'm good. So whenever I'm in L.A., I pull up on them. Kev on stage is super cool. You know, it's fostered the relationship. Nah, those are, those are, we're between, fans of them. That yeah. guy just put himself through the blend. When he put the, when he cut his beard off? Yeah. But it ain't gone. It's, it's not. It's, 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 I know. It was that's a, how you look. No, I don't. Oh, I don't have a beard. I've never had one. Like, my face ain't that round. No, my face ain't that round. He got that. Remember I told you that Cleveland Brown story? Like, if you shave your mustache, you got too much face. Face for not doing yeah, it. That's, that's what you got. Yeah, yeah. I, like I can't do that. Squidward. Nah, that, Squidward. That, that's not happening. <laughs> but, that booty chin, that's how you go. But the fact that those guys have really just taken the opportunity exactly. to run with yeah. it, that's and dope. that just shows that, you know, perseverance or being consistent. I think that's the thing. Uh, we, we talk that about that end. all the, the time. The consistency. Like, all day long. If yeah. you're able to do that, then it will pop. And those those guys are super popping. Um, I ran into Angel while I was down yeah. at Essence. Um, her song that she did, uh, Give Me One Margarita. Yep. Like, she's My wife was just playing. She was just at Essence. And she was like, I met her. Yeah. And she, like, uh, I guess they, they knew of each other. 
Probably through excited. social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was excited. And Those, he was like, you don't yeah. know that song? I was like, no, she oh played it. I was like, oh. You, you've heard it before, you've though. Heard but, it, yeah. but taking that. I heard it before. I just didn't know who it was until no. I saw it on social media. I was like, I know them. When she played it, I was like, ain't this what that white lady was Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it came from. And she was like, this could be a song. Like, That's where it came from. You know it from that? I was like, I remember that video because I was cracking up at them. The frat boys. Yes. They was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so super, you know, that was uh, them allowing me to be in their spaces no doubt. and, you know, being able to contribute and also just meeting in, me, meeting them and them put me on to their people. So, yeah, every time I'm in, L- I'm in L.A., I stop by uh, their studios and they'd be like, oh, come on in. No doubt. Get on the mic. Let's no talk. Yeah, and you got to do it. It always it. is good. So it's. You know, working with family. Man. No doubt. So yeah. let, let's talk about the the Bridgman family in ge- in general. And I think I, before we got started, I was mm-hmm. like, um, Junior Bridgman doesn't know, but from afar, he's a mentor of mine. <laughs> like, um, I don't own any franchises, but I've definitely looked at the template that he's done yeah. to take a minimal amount of money and try to turn it into multitudes oh, of dollars. Even no I, don't, I, 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 I wouldn't even say that, like. Um, cause I, the name was familiar. I always, I like, I know my NBA. Yeah. And so, um, I know he played for the books. Yeah. And so when y'all was talking about him, I almost like interjected, like, ain't that the dude that worked in Wendy's? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, so would, I'll, he I'll give you the, Wendy's yes. and then he learned the business. Yeah. Yeah. So here's kind of the full, and I just got it from his daughter, um, Eden Bridgman, who is, uh, my boss. Yeah. She's the CEO of Ebony and Jet. And uh, we were just kind of going back and forth. And I, and I tell the story because it is a very compelling and a great story mm-hmm. just to be able to hear. Just like um, you're, I mean, he's your mentor. Like every NBA player I've ever met. Should say when the I same bring thing. it up, they all bring it. They'd be like, wait a minute, ju- like Junior Bridgman. Like they all know the story. To me, it's the greatest story, man. One it specific uh, person that I know talked about it was Jamal Mashburn because yep. he definitely followed that route. Because he followed that route. Yep. Uh, I ran into... Um, Charles Barkley. Okay. And when I was like, I'm dating uh, President of Jet, he immediately was like, the Black Bible? Man, just the Black Bible. Like, he gets in, and I mm-hmm. was like, I actually work for, for Junior Bridge. And he's like, oh, that's my business idol. That's my idol. It's my idol, Junior, man. That's my idol. And he's talking about. So the story <laughs> is um, probably from an NBA standpoint, he was involved in the trade that got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. To the Lakers. To the Lakers. Yep. 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 That's how he got to the Bucks because yep. he was playing out there for the Lakers or the Clippers. The Clippers. So I'm at the Clippers. And so that trade got him to go to the Milwaukee yep. Bucks. And he was, you know, this is the 70s. So he was six man. He was coming off the bench, played at Louisville. Good player, but, you know, wasn't no super, superstar. He wasn't Magic. He wasn't Bird, but he was a good player. He got his number. Ten he year got career, his number. too. Yes, 10 year yeah. career. So number did two. his job. Yeah. Can't, can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere. And so he played for the Milwaukee. Bucks. So it's two things there to play. You know, this is the early NBA. Yeah. And this is before the crazy, crazy contracts before, you know, the, the magic and bird effect really shifted the NBA. And then the Michael Jordan effect took it to that next level. Mm-hmm. This is before all of those things. And so, you know, it's a job. I remember when I was a kid, so I was born in 78, the Kansas City Kings used to be in Kansas City. So Sacramento Kings used to be the oh, Kansas yeah, City Oh, yeah, you're right. 1983-84, Charles Barkley's rookie year is when, when yeah. they moved or whatnot. Because I remember going to the game 
Dr. J's last year. It was right after they won the championship and Charles Barkley was a rookie. And back then, you could go down, like you had the, the court. So the court was in the middle and then you had like a railing around it, like a, like a hockey ring is and the court sat in the middle. And the chairs, the court side or the, where the ben- they bench were is, they were, yeah, sunken, but they yeah. also were just regular chairs. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. as a kid, we used to could be able to go down and stand behind the bench mm. and hold chairs. And my Charles Barkley story, which I told him, he was like, I'm not that old. I was like, yeah, you are. Uh, it's his rookie year. We went down there. All the kids were hanging out by Dr. J's chair for obvious reasons. And I was like maybe five or six. Charles Barkley came and sat down on the bench and he sat down super hard and I fell down. And my brother's there was four years old, like picked me up and was like, you got to hold on. That that guy right there is going to be good. That's Charles Barkley. My favorite player. And he became day. my favorite player yeah, that, to this day. that day. Round, round, read he became my favorite my player because my brother was like, that guy's going to be good. His name is Charles Barkley. So that just shows you how the NBA was at that particular yeah. time. And then, uh, so while he was playing in Milwaukee, um, you know, had a, a service career, I think the most he made in one year was around $300,000, $350,000, which is great money. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. But it's not enough money if you retire at age 30 to not have to work again. Yeah. Like, you still got to go find a job. And so his agent actually owned a Wendy's, I think in Racine, Wisconsin. Okay. And he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. He's like, maybe I'll go be a lawyer and we'll go be a businessman. Like he was exploring the ideas of once he retired, what he was going to do with his life because he got a family, he got yeah. kids. I got to figure out this has been great. But how can I be able to turn this into something that's going to sustain my family for the rest of my life? And so he started his agent owned a Wendy's and he started working at that Wendy's yeah. to try it out and see what was going on. So in the off season, whatnot, he learned the business. And then there were he ended up being able to buy three struggling Wendy's franchises in Milwaukee. Mm. Learn the business, use like the skills, you know, that he had kind of garnered the discipline from playing ball all those years and turned around those Wendy's. And when it was all said and done, um, he ended up owning uh, about 200 yeah, Wendy's. It, to me, it's the it, 200 he's, Wendy's. He's the greatest. 120 Chili's at yep. one point in time. At one point in time, he was the number two franchisee as far as number of restaurants of Wendy's in the entire world. Wow. And he owns like a bottling company now, don't he? That's what he did. So what happened is uh, about seven or eight years ago now, you know, so he amassed a great franchising portfolio, but did it. Even the parent company is called Manna. Okay. You know, from the Bible, bread of life, bread of heaven. So he looks at it as, you know what? I am really, it's not even about me. It's about these opportunities to be able to hire people, to give people jobs and then grow and then grow. And so that's kind of how he's looked at it. Keeps a very low profile, you know, but just not from a standpoint of, you know, he's just like, I'm not about to shine. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, you know, want to make this a good family business that's going to survive me and be able to do for my community and for my family. And so had built it up to all of the franchise businesses and they have a few other um, labels. They have a, a barbecue restaurant. It's called Mark's Feed Store and some others. Um, so bit all of that. And then uh, an opportunity presented itself seven or eight years ago um, to buy a Coca-Cola bottling plant, which I didn't even know you could do. Yeah, I mean, Like yeah. that's like 
That's so outside he, of the realm of the template, man, for and real. he bought the Coca-Cola bottling plant in Kansas City, matter of fact. Yep. So Heartland Coca-Cola is owned by Junior Bridgman. And he also owns 50 percent of the Coca-Cola bottling plant in the country of Canada, Damn. the entire country. Wow. And so he's, you know, has done that diversified, took lessons for learning from basketball, translate yep. those into the business world and the franchising, trans that over into the bottling company and doing all of that. And so, you know, has amassed a, a, a huge portfolio. And then when Ebony and Jet came up for, they were in bankruptcy three years ago, uh, wanted to keep them in black hands. So we ended up bidding on them during the pandemic yep. and bought them. And so that's kind of the roundabout way of I've been a part of it. So I, I always tell the story of um, former NBA players from a net worth yeah. just to be able to show it. You have Michael Jordan at the top, like mm -hmm. Mike, Mike, up here and getting caught. I mean, LeBron may eventually once he for, retire, but it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be Jordan tough. Guys, Jordan guys, four fifty something like that uh, off of uh, shoes. Off shoes, just shoes, just it's yeah, just crazy passive income. And that's five percent. We yeah. got the, we two or three of us got all Jordans. Then. Yes, I mean, and you probably right. would have. Some. I would have had. I, I just watched the Air movie, but yes. Yeah. Um, so you have that, and then. It switches between two and three between Junior Bridgman and Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Shaq yeah. is probably like five or six, it, but it's kind of like those Shaq two. Shaq is more marketing to me, though. But he has, yes, but as far as net worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being yeah, able yeah, to look yeah, at the yeah. overall net worth aspect of Shaq is, is still a jugger. So Shaq is probably going to get there, but Junior's still riding because people still buying Coca-Cola products yeah. and I remember they're still eating Wendy's burgers. I remember hearing about him probably maybe like, 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I just went on a deep dive and this is before YouTube really could let you deep dive Yeah. Mm -hmm. now you could type his name in and he's doing symposiums conferences etc so I mean it's got to be a it's got to be surreal for you just working with the family on yeah. the relaunch they're super jet. dope they're, yeah. I mean and super humble I, I kind of came aboard um D-Nice is partially responsible for me being and having So he threw you the alive then at this point. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even realize it. It was actually off of a suggestion that didn't happen. So wow. um, I got introduced to the family. Uh, I think while I was still, I was at Wingstop or around that time, um, or maybe the year before I was still at, um, at TMA. And through a mutual friend of my wife, uh, they knew each other when my wife lived in Chicago. And so... Uh, she was like, hey, there's this guy, you know, um, by the name of Justin Bridgman. Um, his dad, his name, I was Junior Bridgman's son. I was like, oh, I know the story because oh, you know I was like you. Yeah. I knew that story because I love those yeah. type of stories of people who are not necessarily about the shine that exactly. comes from it. Yeah. Don't think sometimes get shine, you're going to get the visibility, but that's not why you do it. Because I like to pattern myself in the same way. Yeah. It's not about the shine. It's about the community, the work, and the opportunity that comes from it. Because when the shine goes away, I still want to be able to do Straight the up. things that I need to do. And yeah. I don't want to have or feel that deficit that comes from it. And so they do a huge gala in uh, Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby. Because Junior also sits on the board of directors for Churchill Downs. Damn. God. Yeah. Damn, Damn, I didn't know He's that. He's the only black person on the I board of imagine. directors. Uh, and they from Churchill Kentucky, Down. too, and so that makes sense. Louisville. That and makes still sense. lives there. there. Yeah, so that this, makes sense. the first year I ever went to Louisville, to the Kentucky, they invited me up because they do a large gala foundation for their foundation that's there. Uh, what color suit you wore? Oh, I had a black tuxedo, but I had a, um, what's my, what's my guys with the red brim? Um, the uh, 
Keith and James hat okay. on. Had I was I was classic, but I was yeah. You, you saw me. You up went in to there. the race and stuff too. So I went to um, the day before they do what's called the Oaks. Yeah. So the lo yeah. locals, everybody there. The Oaks is on Friday, and then the Kentucky Derby is on yeah. Saturday. And so I went up there. They were like, "Hey, we have this foundation, and we do this gala." But the kids, so Junior has three children. Um, uh, Justin's the oldest. He works for the Coca-Cola side. So he's in that position. He lives in Kansas City, works for Heartland Coca-Cola in order to, you know, kind of take that and learn that business and take it over. And then the second son, uh, Ryan, handles like the franchise. So he lives in Louisville. He's more on the franchise side. <coughs> and Eden uh, leads um, Ebony and Jet. So she's more on the media side. Mm. And so the children were taking over the gala. And they wanted to make it younger. So they were like, nice. hey, can you come? Well, I'm going to tell you, almost. So we um, they, we went up there. Me and my wife went up there. And they were like, hey, you know, you come out. We're going to go to the Oaks. I was like, I don't know what the Oaks is. Yeah. I went and I saw, like, wealth because, like, a, a butler escorted me in. And he came <laughs> through. We went around a corner. He pressed a button. We got into an elevator. And it took it up. And I got off the elevator. And it was blown glass. It looked like the Bellagio. And I was like, where are we? This is this is not. And then um, somebody handed me a mint juice. Lip. I was like, thank you very much. And then this girl I used to watch on Top Chef, she handed me a chicken sandwich. Man. I was like, Man. oh, this? All right. And then he's like, okay, this section, this is the mana section. And these railings overlooking the finish line, this is the, you You can stand here, 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 and here. This is called the mansion. Black, I was like, black business. I was like, oh, this is lovely. All right. So that was one sign yeah. of, uh, okay. <laughs> why, you, why you make that face? It made me proud. <laughs> it made me proud it as hell. It gets better. So I was like, all right, this is this is cool. But when you meet them, you don't like everybody's just cool. It isn't of kind of this air that comes from it. It's really, really a humble like, no, nah, it's just part of the business yeah. and we good. And then they had the gala that night. OK. And so we go, you know, take pictures. I'm like, all right, this is cool. Just go on, go in. And then you go sit down and then you start looking at it. And it was like, oh, this is hosted by Arsenio Hall. Oh, that's dope. All right, that's cool. Musical guest Stevie Wonder. Wait a minute. Y'all didn't flew Stevie all the way here? And I come from production and events, and I'm like, I don't even want to know what Stevie Wonder's rider looks like. Straight How up. did y'all get him to, do to get Stevie to yeah. come from L.A. to Louisville, Kentucky? What type of private jet? What type? The full band. Yeah. Full band, full wow. performance. Stevie Wonder and Arsenio Hall. And I was like, all right, um, Beyonce's mom was sitting at the table in front of me, and then I look over and Anthony there. He like, what's up, nigga? I be like, <laughs> you can't get away from me. I can't now, get man. away from you. That's, that's yeah. your guy. What's up, yeah. man? Hey, man, what you doing here? <laughs> that's, that's my wife. Oh, hey, how you doing, man? Wait, I'm like, all right, all right. What's up, nigga? <laughs> That's, that's, I mean, kind of, kind of verbatim with. Kind of leave it, bro. But he's just like, okay, like, can we keep the niggas down? Yeah. Never mind. You just being you. And so, um, anyway, so I'm looking at it and I'm analyzing. Like, okay, mm. so it ain't a, you got money. Yeah. You just need a little bit of direction, figuring it out. So, fast forward to the next year. The next year, uh, they ended up um, bringing in Usher as the musical guest. Still high level, but also like, all right, but still taps into a little younger generation. And we, kind need of to can, we need everybody. to cancel Usher anyway. We're going right to get to that on the, uh, Everybody held they woman. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> at that point, we didn't know, but you should have known this is, because Usher said, don't leave your girl around me, true player, player for real. real. Ask, Ask your nigga for, for real. real. 
Tuna, we should have known that. They said ask my nigga for real. For real, but for real. But Same it difference. Tuna, tuna, that it was, was a good song. What, what, what's that called? Uh, alliteration. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he knew that he was ready to do, do, do. take someone's girl. <laughs> like he stepped bro. out of that shoe. He knew. We going to get to Jed here in a second. Sorry. Oh, no, we got to cancel Usher. This we story not, is amazing, though, straight up. Like, we got everything. So, the visual. He's like the visual. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell a mint julep is. A mint oh, julep. <laughs> yeah, that drink. That's like the Kentucky it's Derby drink. It's the Kentucky Derby drink. drink. Uh, you know, it's it like when good. you go to the Masters, you get, like, there's certain things, like, like a goal of mine is to go to the Kentucky Derby and the Masters. Mm. Those are, like, two things that I want to do in life. A black man like me, I'm not trying to be around nothing that says Yeah, Masters. you would. Oh, you you would want to. You're a golfer. If you, I feel you. You would want to, though. Trust me. Augusta you don't want to. Augusta National, you don't want to go. I, I just don't want to be in the slave quarters. You know, yes. that's all I don't want to do. We don't want to do that. But back, but back to supposed to be working. <laughs> Get my bag. Get my bag. So Usher, they decided to go with Usher. And so we were thinking about a host and they wanted to get Steve Harvey. And I was like, nah, that ain't what you want. And they're like, no, he's big enough. And I said, here's what I'm finding. I just, you know, I was at uh, Essence last year. I've been doing this, you know. Kitty and, Burns. and mind you, yes. So this yeah. is 2019. Yeah. This is pre-pandemic. And I always have to stress that when I tell the story that this is pre-pandemic. And so I was suggesting I had seen the Nice and Burns show. Yep. And I was like, this is who you want. Everybody that you want to tap into, that next wave of black wealth, of people that are making things happen, they're listening to Kenny Burns and D-Nice. Yep. That's who you need. And Eden told me, and I quote, Dalen, they're not big enough. And nah, I was like, at that time they, they were, were emerging though. They were emerging, but I was like, listen to me. Like when I say I begged her, I'm like, listen yeah, to me, listen yeah. to me. This is who you need. This is the perfect set of situation. You got Usher. He's the big draw. You don't need adding on that. Drowning it. Yeah, I you was need like, a host. You need a host. Yeah, that's going Steve to Harvey would have been drowning it. 100%. And that's exactly what happened. No, no, no. Shade on we don't him. Shade. Yeah, yeah. Just, but it was star just, power. Exactly. His star power. It just wasn't necessary on that one. But I, I get what they were trying to do. But I was like, hey, this is what you need to do. And she said no. And so they went against it. And I was having sidebar conversations with D. Just was like, because he was like, hey, I just want to come. Like, dude, just I, I want to be there. I want to go to Kentucky Derby. I would love to do an event because he's in that emergency. He's trying to make sure his name is solidified. Yep. This is pre-Cub Quarantine. And he was like, you know, I'm giving, I'll give you the family discount. Matter of fact, you ain't even got to fly me there. I will get there on my own. Just give me a place to stay. Yeah. And, you know, this number and I'm good. I'll back it out. And she decided not. And so I talked to Kenny and I was like, Kenny, just come up anyway. I'll get you in. Yeah. And what happened when he got in, he's cool with Usher. Usher had a, you know, everything's going on. Steve did the first part of it, and Usher did his set, but he had an intermission. And during his intermission, who goes out there to keep the crowd hype? Kenny. Kenny. So he goes, rocks it or whatnot, just on some GP. Sometimes it's about just showing up. Yeah. And so, you know, did that whole part of it. And then, of course, the next year, uh, the pandemic happened. And then it just became this. And so from that, Eden was like, Dang, Dalen knows what he's talking about. Because he called D-Nice blowing up a year before. That's and that being able to sign that, was that clairvoyance yeah. to be able to say, I'm seeing something. Hey, you might want to jump on this. And the fact that she didn't jump on that gave me an extra level of credibility with her. So yeah. when I left Wingstop, she was just like, 
oh my God, wait, you lead? Like, can we continue to talk? Can we, you know, can you advise us on something? We just bought Ebony and Jet. We're trying to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like, can we talk like once a month? She said straight up, she's like, Daylin, and both of us are married, but she just was saying, hey, can I, from a business standpoint, date you? Oh, yeah, date you professionally is a real thing. Let me date you professionally yeah, that's a real thing. with the hope yeah. that I will be able to one day marry you. And, yep. and so let's just keep that. So usually once a month or so, she would hit me, have an idea, we're doing this. I would give my insight and whatnot. I always say me and her brother, Justin, who works on the the me, her brother and her husband, uh, we all would uh, call ourselves the unpaid interns of Ebony because she would call us and oh, we yeah, would kind of give. Is Ebony the parent to Jet? Yeah, Ebony and Jet. Yeah. So okay. Ebony was once a month. Jet was once a week. Gotcha. And so okay. uh, we would do that. And then that November, um, the role that I had taken at another company, I wasn't really loving it. And so when me and her talked, I was like, let's let's figure it out. And then she called me that November and was like, I got it. What would you do if I gave you the keys to Jet? And I'll never forget that conversation. I got a little bit of chills because it took me back from my jet store. I just got chills. It took, I know, like, it took me to being eight years old sitting at Parkwood Barbershop. Straight up, Barbershop, you had to read magazines. I had the jet magazines. That's why I saw on, page 43 for the first Easter, time. Like Easter, remember, you sat sitting in the barbershop right. on Easter for hours, and what do you do? You sit there and wasn't you no wasn't cell no phones. cell phones, mm -hmm. wasn't no Game Boy, wasn't no nothing. You sat there and read all the jet, and it took me all around the world. It allowed me to see what was going on in Houston, yeah. what was going on in Ghana, what was going on in Birmingham, what was going on in New York, Chicago. You had what was happening, what were the top 20 songs, the music, the, especially coming up, wanting to be a DJ or whatnot. Yep. I was always interest, interested in the music. So it took me to that whole world and gave me that. And then for that full circle moment to come in that conversation in November, like, what would you, because we don't know what to do with Jet. You forgot but, an important one, though. What's up? What was the hobbies of this fine-ass woman on this Hilarious. <laughs> But yes, <laughs> I'm appreciative yeah. of that one. Them I'm hobbies, sure we're going to get into that. were clutch because I used to try to use those. Exactly. Like, oh, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be like, oh, no, women like tennis. Women like playing tennis. That used to Man, put you on game for exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah. put you on game. So that was my journey for from her not hiring D-Nice, gave me the credibility um, to yeah. reach out to me and do all of those things. And that eventually turned me into being the president of JET and helping me. We got to so so we want to know uh not nah, people were, they're going to listen to the interview so just this know a, that you're going to get a lot gym. of different <laughs> stuff. so let's talk gym. about what what do you obviously you've got a lot of advice people oh, okay. unsolicited even from me yes. you know i've even said i got, hey, I got some ideas know, before we go into that just uh keeping it on on jet yep with everything being digital now like you know, we talked about <laughs> having the, the magazine in mm -hmm. hand, yep. you know, so just not going throughout your whole playbook, but, you know, what what to expect from Jet in this whole digital world now? Well, yeah, there's a few different things of kind of that we're, we're looking at. I think um, I usually try to uh, figure out the balance of people's expectations of what we should be versus what we can be or what the opportunity, because be, being that Ebony and Jet, and I'll just focus on Jet, Jet was so omnipresent in our culture for so long, 70 plus years. Um, Ebony was founded uh, November 1st, 1945. Jet was founded November 1st, 1951. Dang, um, the 50s? 50, 51. Matter of fact, scroll up real quick, Braxton, on, on the thing, because I put, 
I've heard you say this before, the culture of record agency for black culture. Yeah. Yeah. Is it culture? Yeah. Agency of record for well, black culture. For black culture. And that's true. If you think about from the 50s. Yes. A weekly publication. Mm-hmm. That's all of black culture right there. It's black culture. It's, That's it. It's chronicled that every single week, 52 issues a year. That's crazy. And so when you think about it, I use the, I just did a presentation at Render ATL. Shout out to those guys down there. Um, big tech conference. But I talk about how, and as you just even, as you're thinking the digital, we live in a digital, what are you going to do on this part of it? How we digest media. Jet was social media before social media was ever invented. If you break down, because I I ask people to break down what you do on social media right now. And I correlate it to a part of Jet. So for one, what we've already discussed, Thirst Trap, page 43. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thirst Trap. Then, okay, we didn't go to Billboard. We didn't. We wanted to know what was hot in the music. You go into the back of Jet. Straight up. Strong Black Lead on Netflix. Were they showing you what black people are going to be on the Netflix shows? Oh, there was. That was that the second to last page in Jet that showed you all the black people yeah. that's going to be on TV that particular week. You found out who got married. Oh, people were sending in marriages and celebrities and what they were doing, divorces, all that. Divorce, all that. Red carpets. You can be an individual. Like, when you got married, you could have submitted your photo. And I have people that come up to me and say, hey, I was in the 2004 edition of Jet when we got married. And I I have a database on my phone and I can pull it up. I'll be like, this one? They're like, man, how do you have that? KC definitely would have submitted their wedding photo to Jet for a fact. Yes. So you had that. But even things about who died. You had a thing called the census. Who died that particular week who got a promotion there was this thing called speaking of people right. if you got a promotion as the vice president of marketing at you know a, a high enough position or you got elected that got talked about so that literally was like linkedin you had like all of these things different right. stories you had world affairs what was happening in africa what was happening in europe for black people you had what was going on in all different parts of black culture it wasn't just the epicenters it wasn't just chicago and new york yeah. you know what was happening in birmingham somebody from KC could be in there. Somebody from Oklahoma City would be in there. All those things were happening in the same way that you do on social media, even down to where where you read Jet. Think about this. My grandmother had a little basket in the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other grandmamas had that. Everybody had it. You would pull that out and you would read it. What do you do right now in the bathroom? On your phone. On your phone. You on there scrolling. So that's the correlation in a lot of ways of what we you are. Know, we literally was good, black actually. Twitter. Hold on. This brother. Back, hold on. I'm just thinking can... about that. My grandma <laughs> did that and my mom did that. And that's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> but it happened. Everybody. Everybody did. Everybody Hell, did. Even, even actual uh, um, like places of business. Yes. Like they have that basket you right there. You have that basket that's, in that's there. That is gross. Crazy. You know, you know gross, it was no true. hand sanitizer. No, no, no nothing. No. But that's why we're stronger. That's very that is, I'm telling you now, <laughs> that, like the reason that and water from the water, water, hose. Yeah, water look, from bro, the hose. If you drink water outside directly from the water hose, oh, damn. and you touch the fecal matter on the jet magazine, <laughs> maybe so more maybe more than fecal matter. It could have oh, been man. and then some. If you saw page 43 had a little extra stickiness, 
you stronger than most blacks. That is so funny. I'm telling you, you strong right now. Like you're healthy. That extra stickiness was not to your <laughs> that was not to you. <laughs> but you like, strong though. Oh, he got one. He got he just, got some right that's now. That's what they used to be at the Let me, where, Man, where that's crazy. Yeah. He even, even pulled him out. This, this, put the, put the camera on put the camera on KC real quick. Put the camera on KC. So that's a special edition we did with Pinky Cole of Slutty Vegan Fame. And you just um, did one with House Party too, didn't you? Or? Yeah, we yeah, did uh, uh, the cover image or whatnot. Pinky Cole. Because <laughs> we did we did Page the house 43. party um, um launch here in Houston. Ah, we were gotcha. um, the like what were we red carpet correspondents oh, for house Lord. party yep. here in Houston. So yeah, I remember you did in LA. Yes, we, we did, did the LA Houston one with Dana Jones. So as we talk about what Jet is going to be, we do, I mean, what what you're doing right now, that nostalgia part mm-hmm. of it, we tap mm-hmm. into that. Because in a lot of ways, if you think about how things happen, even from a music standpoint. So correlate this. I always talk in movie terms, hip hop terms and analogies. Think about what's happened from a music perspective. Everything, you know, when we were in school, you know, you had the tapes and then it was the CDs like, oh, hey, I got all these CDs. I can get all this music on this. Then you can go to MP3s and you can like, oh, I can get more things. Everything's going digital. And now you got MP3s and and, and the, the, you know, uh, on your phone and you got all thousands of music and songs and stuff like that. Now it's like I don't even need all them songs. I can stream everything at a moment's notice. Mm. And then what happened? You're like, man, I really want that vinyl. Straight up. I want that physical. I want that I, I bought, something. I bought my first vinyl this year. My, See my I mean? wife literally just bought uh, six vinyls in, in Toronto. And because uh, it was a long story that yep. I, I'll share on another episode. But she she bought a vinyl from 1931. It was. Uh, oh, damn. So she went into the crates. But what was the um, the, the dancing guys? Um, start with a C. Who? We ain't got no text today. We Man, so we can know. I know they they went viral just recently though. But like that old clip from nineteen. Oh, uh, the uh, ones who rapped. No, nah, they, they was like brother. dancing guys. Yeah. I they, know what you're talking about. I yeah, can't think of the name. I can't name. think of the name either. Okay, but yeah, yeah but people want $2. that tangible. Yeah, nineteen thirty one. Vinyls are cheap though, if you really yes. think about it. But people want something to hold on to. People want that because now everything's so digital. You have all yep. of this and it shifts. So I think that's also happening in these ways. Yeah. But one of the challenges is, you know, as people give me that advice of, oh, man, when y'all going to print again, man, I get a subscription. I'd be like, no, you're not. Nah. When the last time you bought a magazine? No, no, man, I, I had a subscription a couple years ago. And I'd be like, that's crazy because Jet stopped printing in 2014. <laughs> Because if you had a that, that's pretty they must phenomenal. Have got it with that field and streams that get sent to everybody house. Yeah, still. field and streams the only one that's still that's out there. Still, but, I, I I get it from my brother for sure. Because he in the bing, I got him a uh, National Geographic. What, what that is the worst thing to get sorted. Now nah, that's what he wanted. That's, that's what he, he wanted. That's what he asked. What for. is he gonna be doing with National hey, Geographic? Like he reads. He he's very. Yeah, he like, just he go to the library. He not in the bank. Is he in the bank, man? They have libraries. He, I don't know. He I ain't cooks. never been there. So he, he, okay, that's yeah, good. That's fair. But that's those fair. type of things, people want that nostalgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. I, I kind of have been leaning in this thing called futuristic nostalgia, where we can be able to give you something that gives that emotional connection, that nostalgia that takes you back to your grandmama house, your mama like house, mm-hmm. all of yeah. that, but also doing it in a way that looks from a future forward standpoint to stuff that makes sense for right now. Yep. So for me, it's it's balancing those out. So you mentioned the digital aspect of it. Sure, we have to be, but I can't be. One of the other challenges that I have is I have to look at this not necessarily, not 
not only from a cultural perspective, I have to look at it from a business and company perspective. Yeah, yeah, because they were bankrupt. And they were bankrupt. We bought it out of bankruptcy for a reason. Mm -hmm. It was bankrupt. bankrupt. So instead of trying to do the things that was already done that puts you in bankruptcy, I have to look at it through a different lens. And another hard job about, I mean, hard thing about my job is what you brought up earlier about the fact of it's Ebony and Jet. Ebony launched first as a digital platform in a very similar way that all the other digital platforms are out. The essences and the complexes and all of that, where you have the website, you have content, you go in there, you're getting impressions. People are coming there, people buying ads on there and all of that. But the difference between Ebony and Jet historically was really based on two factors. The size of the magazine, which was larger format yeah. from Ebony, yeah. the smaller format from a Jet, and cadence. Ebony came out once a month. Jet came out once a week. Neither, neither one of those things matter right now yeah. because the size of the magazine, what you mean size of the magazine? It's your, on your phone. That's how you get it. The size, don't that, that doesn't correlate to anything you do and how you get media and cadence. I can't wait a week to talk about something. It has to be right now in the moment because that's how we get media and marketing and all of that. It has to be in the moment. You talk about something that has last week, happened last week. You're like, man, that's old. Why are you still bringing that up? Why are you bringing up Kiki and Usher? Man, that was so like three, four weeks ago. You're like, no, that was like seven days ago. We know. We know. (laughs) I mean, you got to remember that. We do two times a week sometimes just to make sure that we Just to make sure you catch that part of it. So I can't do that. And also, I have to bring Jet back in a way that doesn't cannibalize what Ebony is already doing. So that's the other factor in my job. And so what I do is identify the places, spaces, and opportunities to be able to extract the Jet brand and project it into the ways that make sense right now. So that's why I don't call it Jet Magazine. I'm the president of Jet. Jet. Hard stop, because that's going to mean in the future something totally different and well beyond just the confines of this particular magazine. It has the ability to kind of extend, extend from a merch, extend in the technology, extend into, you know, uh, events and experiential into art. All of these things are at our disposal because that correlation can really kind of move that part forward because Jet means black. It's the way to say you black without even saying you black. Without question. Like it's, I mean, John H. Johnson, when he named Jet, he named it Jet because it symbolized black and speed. Because in 1951, the world was moving at a faster clip than he had ever seen in his life. And so that's kind of his kind of positioning. And so it allows us to be able to say that. I do want to also bring up some, because especially because we're in Houston in the correlation, I talk about the jet with social media before social media was ever invented. There's another thing that happened on September 15th, 1955. And this really took jet into um, a whole different trajectory and a, a level of um, position in the black community. September 15th, 1955 issue was the Emmett Till issue. Oh, wow. Those images of Emmett Till were shown in jet. And possibly without Jet, you wouldn't know that story because it wasn't like black people were not being killed in places like Money, Mississippi, um, you know, around that time. That was happening. But when you saw those images of his mutilated body in Jet, it started a movement. A 26-year-old pastor of the Dexter Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, by the name of Martin Luther King Jr., saw those images. 
that helped inspire him to do the work he did and fuel the, you know, the civil rights movement in the same way that George Floyd. Yeah. You wouldn't know about George Floyd, possibly, if that recording had happened and it got put on Twitter and Facebook Live and Instagram Live. So I always say Jet was to Emmett Till in the civil rights movement what social media was to George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. It literally helped start a movement in that end. And so that's kind of the stories or the correlations that I bring back up because, you know, we as black, we all about receipts. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I got the receipts all day long. No, like, right. if that didn't happen, that potentially you would may not have known about that. And that's the reason why, if you ever watch the Emmett Till uh, movie that they just did, in the middle, they show his body, and then they show a Jet magazine coming in. Wow. And it shows kind of how Jet was able to fuel that civil rights movement and be able to show uh, his body that then made the world see and then ultimately made the world have to do about it. Man, man, this is like, I, I, I'm just really excited for what you're going to do with the brand. Why are we Great drinking up. grand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, know. Uh, uh, <laughs> shout out to Kevin Hart and his team. You know, let's take a shot. We got a plastic cut. Shout out to the plastic cut boys, you know. Well, so before we wrap, because mm -hmm. we'll do some behind Patreon also. Yeah. We'll wrap here um, here in a second. Let's make sure people know where to find you, where to find Jet, where they can do that. Yes. Your Jet story, all of that. Let them know where to find that, and we're going to do the rest behind Patreon. Yes. Love. I mean, go check us out, um, My Jet Story or JetMag.com. If you want to share your Jet story, you can actually go there. Uh, you can upload your picture, and it'll put you on the cover of a Jet because that was going viral before going viral was a thing. Sweet. That was that verification. Oh, uh, slight flex. I ran into Holly Berry. Like, first off, this is not, not really upset because they know how I feel mix. about Holly Berry Dude. and Pam Greer. Dude, like on this podcast, I'll fight and kill for them. Dude, ran, <laughs> in, ran into Holly Berry at, in Cannes. Man, I'm and, really mad at you and, right and, now. But here's the crazy slight part about flex. it. You know what I'm saying? Slight flex. It's like Popeye when he eats the spinach. I mean, you know it's saying? a slight on, flex. Man. But here's what Holly Berry up. did when I introduced myself. I'm Dalen, president of Jet. She literally stopped everybody like, no, I'm not taking any more pictures right now. I need to talk to Jet. Wow. You have no idea what Jet means to me. She's like, that was the first cover I was ever on. Bill Jones, the old Jet photographer, wow. took my photo. That was such a pivotal moment in my entire life. Like, thank you so much, Jet. Like, she was literally looking. Wow. Another story, real quick, another little slight flex, ran into uh, Yasin Bey. Um, yeah, man, we got the, the box after this, too, now. You I know, know you get the best rappers Bay, and... I know. Um, uh -huh. Yasin Bey tells me the story of, uh, and Anthony was there too. Because Anthony's like, <laughs> That's your guy. Why, why you, is he like, What up, guy, man? This, and he's like, Why is, why is, why is most deaf following me? I was like, His name is Yasin Bey. Of course. You know what I mean? He's like, Got it, man. Mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay type of situation. And so he told me the story of how he was making albums and, you know, he had been on tour, he, you know, Black Star, all this other stuff. And every time he would go to his grandfather's house, his grandfather kept every jet. Because that's another thing is black people we keep our jets oh, they're they're stacks they're of them stacks at my parents house mm -hmm. yes hey, can, if they don't want them can i take them? Honestly, let in, them know in 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 lafayette right now there's let a me know i will take all, i'm collecting i want to collect all the old jets every okay. single issue i would love to have it but he was saying how his grandfather every time he would go over there his grandfather would be like you know i know you're doing this hippity hop stuff but, but you're not you, in, you, well no he would say you need to go get you a real job you know they're hiring down at the post office you can get you some benefits you can 
can get, you know, buy you like this. And he's like, no, nah, you know, I'm good. Like, he's like, no, nah, that ain't that ain't going to last. You need to go get you a real job. Up until the day he appeared on the cover of Jet. Wow. He said that moment right there was so pivotal. He said pivotal. He's like that moment. My grandfather was like, I'm good. My, my son is on. I mean, my grandson is on jet. He said he never asked me another question again about getting a real job because that was the verification. That was that was the stamp of approval. That was that blue check that kind of comes on that end back to the social Social media media reference. So, (laughs) hey, another smooth correlation. Where can they find you exactly? You gave him jet. Where they you got to do it? You got to do it. We gotta tag you anyway. You gotta be on some video. Follow jet. Get Jet Mag. I'm fighting with Instagram right now to try to get at Jet. I was able to get it on Twitter before uh, Elon Musk kind of messed everything up. But at Get Jet Mag on Instagram. Follow us. You know, uh, follow the movement on that end. My Instagram, which is probably I use the most, is uh, Everybody Loves Dalen, um, is my Instagram. You can follow some of the things that I get to do, that I get the pleasure of doing. But I I definitely, you know, appreciate y'all. And also, follow what we're trying to do. I'm trying to do some stuff here in Houston. Houston is a a key market for me because it's an epicenter, but it a lot of times doesn't get seen as the epicenter of blackness. Mm -hmm. And us, from a jet perspective, it's all about highlighting these places and being able to put roots in these different places and understanding from a cultural perspective how it could be able to be amplified. So I've been down here having some great, great conversations. We're going to do some cool stuff. Once we kind of get it all figured out, I'll definitely try to come back on and be able to kind of share some of the things we're doing. But Houston is a super, super key market. Definitely follow us. Definitely support us. Um, this Pinky Cole edition, it may still be some in stores. These were sold in stores. We're going to do some other cool things with them, some limited editions. Uh, we're going to drop some merch soon because, uh, you know, I'm always in merch. Yeah, not nah, nah. um, Yeah, that's for real. Yeah. Always in merch. Actually, I had some over there. I've, I've been playing around with the, the theory of I'm calling Jet because everybody's talking about everything is the new black. The you original know, black. It's the original black. Jet yeah. is the original black. Like, it is literally how you say you black without saying you black. Oh, my mama had a Jet subscription. Everybody's like, okay. So it's being able to push that narrative, have that conversation. So love the support. Definitely follow us on all of that stuff. And, you know. All right, we're going to try to make it happen. That's 253. The rest of this, if y'all want to get it. Y'all are going to, you know, people have been asking about OU and uh, LP. You know, he know me as Breon. If y'all want to get it, first off, you got to sign up for our Patreon. Patreon. Which which has been growing, which which has been been Sign up. Our chat can be very, very (laughs) insane. And uh, these videos in our Patreon. Oh, we're going to get into it on the Patreon. I want the good. This has been episode 253. 253. You know what I'm saying? Get Jet. Yes. But it's really just Jet. And if you had a Jet, so we going over to the patreon we appreciate y'all coming out no nah, thank you thank you and man we're love transporting y'all. in three two let's go, go.